0: Ah, oh, look at you two, like an old married couple. What? Ignoring each other. What are you looking at? That's so fascinating.
1: Oh, um, story here about a woman who overdosed on over the counter meds. Her organs
0: shut down one by one. Took her all week to die.
1: And is it being so cheerful that's keeping you going? Sometimes to save your sanity, you need to look away from the news. It's
0: too bleak. Or oh, you need to focus on fun stories, like hippo with a hat on. The talk of the street, talk of the street, the talk of the street, talk of the street,
1: the talk of the
0: street, talk of the street, the talk of the
1: street, talk of the street.
0: Welcome to episode 288 of The Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch podcast that thought PC Tinker was very close to arresting a large cube of metal for Terry's Assault. I'm Gavin.
1: And I am Captain Super Dog Lady. Woof, woof. Greetings. <laughs> How are you?
0: Oh, yes, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> We're a bit snowed in at the moment.
0: It's Snowmageddon 2024, y'all. Yeah. It is snowing. It is. There were sizable chunks that were falling when I last took the dog out. He was very confused.
1: Yeah, because we haven't gotten much snow this year and it's been fairly warm.
0: We're supposed to get a good eight inches today, aye, <laughs> but that never happened. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Well, it's still it's still going, so you never know. I don't think I've ever gotten eight inches.
0: A good eight inches, <laughs> suggesting that there's a bad eight inches. I guess it depends where you put it. <laughs> no, it is. It's winter. We've been complaining that there hasn't really been very much in the way of wintry weather this winter, but I think we're getting it this weekend. Yeah, and on a holiday weekend, boo.
1: And long may and Monday it's supposed to be like nine degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Yeah. Which is minus a lot in Celsius. Celsius. Yeah.
1: So, it's a good thing the kids don't have school on Monday. Yeah. So. You got work? Yeah, I'm going to go to work. Since I didn't go to work today.
0: Right, because of the snow that didn't happen until mm. later on.
1: Right, yeah. Kids had gotten a snow day, so I told my boss, I was like, yeah, I'm just. Oh, is this a. I'm not going to come in. No, I'm, that was it's it. not a.
0: Not auction
1: talk Well we can you've hit the button so I guess now it I is did hit
0: you <laughs> did notice that
1: Yeah so we have we have an auction closing tomorrow and it's supposed to be even worse the snow and stuff tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll go well because everybody is trapped inside the houses with nothing to do mm. but you know, join but, an but online people, auction.
0: But do people who are trapped in houses think of auctions
1: sometimes especially if it is an auction that you are already following you know you're not going to forget it cuz sometimes you know when the weather's nice even if people have been looking forward to the end of the auction for a long time they'll go out and they'll do something else and they'll completely forget about it no. until it's too late and shame on them
0: absolutely so
1: yeah and um my auction the the physical media auction which ends next sunday so get your bids in now folks for that 16th century accounting parchment paper or the 1990 black light the crow movie poster
0: so many words there (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure what to make of it all
1: it's fun when an auction spans 500 years
0: i'm sure of
1: of human history uh so that's that's kind of exciting I'm a little nervous and anxious about it you know as I always am but it is the second most viewed auction in Michigan at the moment so that's pretty awesome and um you know yeah very good yeah pretty
0: what's the first most
1: our toy auction
0: oh so which ends you guys as well tomorrow
1: yeah it's pretty sweet
0: because you're not the only auction place in Michigan we are not so yeah so just there are a just few to others clarify. right? Yeah. exactly.
1: We're just, you know, really good at what we do
0: And humble as well Yes this is What I've always liked about it
1: <laughs> What you've always liked about me is my humility
0: Yeah <laughs> We'll get to the feedback section <laughs> How
1: have you been? How's work for you?
0: Uh, pretty poor
1: oh, That's a wee shame
0: Yeah, that happens It does It's fine. It's just a bit... Everyone's a bit stressed at the moment, so... No. So it's good to have a three-day weekend this weekend. This is one of the the great things of living in the US is they have the decency to have a federal holiday just two weeks into January. Mm -hmm. So you're just back from Christmas. Mm -hmm. And they give you MLK Day two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Or two weeks after New Year. In the UK... You'd be looking at Easter.
1: It'd be weird if they had MLK Day in the UK.
0: And then we get another one in February as well. Yeah. President's Day, we also don't have that in the UK, for obvious reasons. Again, still waiting for Easter.
1: You don't have, like, a a Prime Minister Day? No. You don't get a big... Have you
0: seen the Prime Minister? Aye.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, President's Day doesn't celebrate Joe Biden. No, it doesn't. It celebrates... Abraham Lincoln and George Washington.
0: So you want Thatcher Day? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Doesn't happen.
1: We are. We may be acquiring a a, a book collection to auction off. Oh, that
0: hold in- on. no. Back to auction talk.
1: <laughs> we may be acquiring a collection of of books to auction off that includes a book by Thatcher. Signed by Thatcher. Yeah.
0: That a guy jumped uh flammable, right? <laughs> Keep away from naked flames.
1: <laughs> or put very close to naked flames. Mm-hmm. Although I would I would imagine a book like that would burst into flames all on its own.
0: I would imagine so.
1: <laughs> ah, good times. Good times. Well, it, do do you celebrate any king or queen day
0: not unless they're celebrating an exceptionally long time on the throne
1: right which isn't going to happen for a very long time
0: yeah. now. let's hope not because <laughs> that's going to be kind of scary if it
1: <laughs> right yeah if charles lives to
0: <laughs> like 150 or 200
1: right? that that would be really really creepy
0: yeah Really creepy. There's a dystopian future for you. <laughs> Shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Give us some of the regal Cory news.
1: Condolences to Kim Marsh on the death of her father, David Marsh, after a long fight with prostate cancer. Oh dear. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Marsh family at this time. Absolutely. Stephen is still dead. What? But Todd Boyce's career is still alive and kicking. Ah. As he is cast in the stage play Sleuth alongside EastEnders legend Neil McDermott. So, bully to both of them. Legends, eh? Legends.
0: I don't watch I don't East know. Enders. I don't watch
1: EastEnders.
0: <laughs> the thing you read said that he was a legend. Right. And yeah. that's good enough for us.
1: It's fine.
0: And. What, what was his name?
1: Neil McDermott.
0: Neil. McDermott. A British stage actor. Nope, never seen that man before in my life. But he looks like a very good actor. Yes. He's and got that smouldery kind of look about him. I can see him doing well in sleuth. Ha.
1: And finally, condolences to oh. t- to Tony Modsley on the death of his friend Michael McGarigal, whose body was found four days after he had gone missing. McGarrigal had been a costume supervisor on Tony's show, Betadorm. Yeah. So, you know, that's just, that's got to be horrible. I, I I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, what his final moments must have been like and, you know, how his friends and, and family are feeling. Uh, one of my, um one of my teachers, one of my elementary grade school teachers, he disappeared a couple of years ago and, still has not been found so it's it's really kind of a shocking thing when it happens
0: it is especially somebody that's kind of the man wasn't young no and but he wasn't old no, he wasn't either old. Just kinda, yeah it's sort of like aged. tony
1: modsley's age
0: yeah just vanishing you right the, i saw the tweets go out where they were um asking for anyone who knew his whereabouts or had seen mm-hmm. him i think he'd I think he disappeared in Glasgow. And, yes he did. And then the um the tweet the next day saying that he'd been found and and yeah I don't know, it's just that's just not how you expect to go, really, is it? Or no. how you expect somebody that you know and love to go. Yeah. It's very sad.
1: Very, very sad. So and that's the end of a fairly depressing Corey News. Fairly
0: depressing. Yeah. Apart from the legend.
1: Right. And and um And Todd Boyce getting to act again in something else. It's just a good thing that he's not in a blockbuster movie at the moment, like Ian Bartholomew.
0: Ian Bartholomew, who we saw in Wonka. We did. And you booed him. I did boo. And nobody knew what you were doing.
1: (laughs) Sally was like, what are you doing? Nobody knows who he is here. This is America. He had a surprisingly lot to do in that one scene.
0: I thought it was funny.
1: We got to see Ian Bartholomew dance. He dances. He dances. He didn't sing. Or did he sing? I think he did sing. I think everybody was singing in kind that Kind of a
0: speaking singing. Right, sort of thing, yes. Right.
1: And then we got to see him with blue hair. Yeah. Spoilers.
0: Oh, I've posted that on Twitter already. <laughs> I forget these things that you don't see on Twitter. <laughs> right. Because you have the good sense. Not to, to be stay there. clear of it. <laughs> and your mention of Ian Bartholomew with blue hair seamlessly <laughs> takes us into... Our feedback section, which I like to call Everyone's a Critic. Now, on Spotify, you uh-huh. can put a little Q&A thing in a poll on your episodes that get posted there. And it's been putting a default Q&A on each of our episodes by default without me really knowing about it huh. saying what do you think of this episode uh-huh. and somebody responded oh. that person was Debbie who said oh my god please stop saying but not like that <laughs> so that's Spotify paying dividends already <laughs> it's good that we've been doing the but not like that thing for since I, the I beginning think, of may- the
1: show maybe, maybe doing- year two no, no, it was from year one of us doing was the it? podcast, yeah. So we've been doing
0: that for six that years. That was like th- one of
1: our initial jokes.
0: And finally, someone's got frustrated enough to beg us, I'm going to say, to stop doing it. <laughs> and I think that's directed more at you than anything right, else. Right,
1: yeah, because I'm the one who tends to do it,
0: I, I even set though them you're up. the
1: one who started it. I set them up. And I knock and them down. And the park.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that, Debbie. I'll and have then, to uh,
1: say something similar but different.
0: There are at least two, but not like that moments in the notes. So let's see how you react to them. <laughs> and then good friend of the podcast, John, went in to say, great podcast again, guys. My takeaways. Number one, why are Americans obsessed with guns?
1: We aren't all like that.
0: <laughs> number two, Killers of the Flower Moon is not too long. Yes, num- it is. And number three, Elton John said to Rod Stewart, I got you a new Rolls Royce for your birthday. Rod asked, what, Reg? And Elton shouted, I got you a new Rolls Royce. I thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> Again, a joke that doesn't translate.
0: <laughs> Feedback is always welcome, especially if you're criticising things that we do to uh, frustrate and annoy people deliberately. Right. <laughs> Send us your thoughts and I will probably read them out. Our DMs are open. At Corey Podcast, have you remembered a person's name who uh, whose wife disapproves of your swearing? No ian les paul
1: oh that's right ian les paul i do have to say for john killers of the flower moon is too long however lily gladstone is is a treasure and we are so happy that she won the golden globe for her performance in hey. killers of the flower moon
0: and they will podcast for coffee The Talk of the Street is and will always be free on your podcast provider and on the YouTubes. But if you think a show is worth anything more than the time it takes to listen to it, and if you no. want to show your appreciation, you can buy us next week's coffee by going to Kofi.com, that's KO dash dot com slash the talk of the street.
1: Don't don't you usually read out who bought us coffees this week? I thought I
0: was trying to save a little time. Because <laughs> we, nobody bought us coffees this week.
1: Right. Okay.
0: You can also sign up to be a friend of the podcast through the same link where for as little as two bucks a month. You can get a mention in the closing credits of each and every episode. But remember, you can always support the podcast for free and get us in front of new listeners by liking, subscribing, rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with this week's recap. And we're back. Shall we dive in, my dear?
1: Uh Yes, please.
0: Our first storyline tonight is... Paul's final plan. Oh, this was a weird week again, wasn't it? Because it was a. It was. Well, for you, you don't know it, but it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Friday, yeah. So Which we means- went from last Wednesday to Tuesday this week without any Corey. So weird that it gets mucked about for the football yet again. Anyway, on Tuesday, after his standard six days' notice period, it's Billy's last day at work. He leaves as Todd arrives, waiting to see if Paul has changed his mind about going out on his own terms. He hasn't, and he plans to get some morphine from Gaddas to aid the process. He asks Todd for a hand when the time comes. Todd says no, so Paul decides he'll have to do it himself sooner rather than later before his other arm parks in and they can't do it. Right. Todd is surprised it's got this bad this quickly, especially considering Paul and Billy were getting the hole on Christmas Day. yes. Paul just wants options, not not for his whole.
1: Sex doesn't solve everything, Todd.
0: (laughs) Right. Cassie turns up at work with apology biscuits and an offer to tidy the office at the garage. She has a lot to thank them for. And Kev is just pleased that she's trying to make things right. So Paul goes to see Gadas and makes his plea for something a bit stronger than over-the-counter ibuprofen. Gala doesn't buying it. Refuses to dish out any opioids, but can do him a good line in Prozac and antibiotics. Thanks for fuck all, says Paul. I'll just go down to the pharmacy.
1: Yeah, it it feels a little shocking to me as an American, even though it, it it's not necessarily easy to get pain meds here either. You know, because of the op- opioid pandemic or not pan? Yeah, epidemic, epidemic. But like a friend of ours in the UK right now is going through this where her her mother-in-law is very very sick and kind of in her last days and is in excruciating pain all the time and they have to document everything when it comes to the pain meds that she is given and and the doctors and the hospitals are hesitant to give her pain meds even though she's in legitimate excruciating pain and it's just it's really kind of terrible to see what what real people are going through and then to see it presented kind of on on screen as well
0: yeah i guess the difference being that paul's not real looking for it for legitimate reasons
1: right but gaddis doesn't know that
0: no very true
1: i think i think doctors over here can can look at you a little wobbly-eyed especially if they don't know you when it when it comes to pain i remember very frustratingly this past year, when I had that, that horrible kidney stone and we went to the emergency room and I said that the pain meds that my regular doctor had prescribed is just not cutting it. And they didn't give me anything. They gave me like more of it intravenously while we were there, but that they didn't give me anything else. But then when I went to my gastroenterologist the next week, which they suggested that I do, they were able to give me an antispasmodic pain med that has nothing to do with opioids, and that worked perfectly. So, yeah, it's...
0: Is that a happy ending to that story? Yes. Excellent.
1: Yes. Because I found something that worked, and that a doctor who knows and trusts me was willing to prescribe for me. But, you know, that that's not always... Not everybody gets that sort of a happy ending. So, you know... It's
0: so, maybe good, though, that if a doctor that doesn't know you doesn't play along.
1: Right. But if you're in legitimate pain and there's nothing to play along to, my regular GP doctor is just on the other side of the hospital. They could have given her a call. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's I mean, and I know Paul was not looking for it for legitimate means, but you would think somebody who is in the process of dying, who legitimately is probably in a
0: lot of pain. It did seem strange that Galdas was going to suggest ibuprofen for motor neuron disease.
1: Right. Yes. Something over the counter. Hmm. Yeah. You
0: got a wee Tixalix for your cough as well. Oh, I used to like the Tixalix. It was tasty. In the pub, Todd and Paul's conversation finds a sympathetic ear on Abby, and Paul quietly wonders if she might be the answer to his prayers. So Paul asks Abby over to the God Flat and lays the groundwork, explaining how his body's given up, and he'll eventually be trapped in his own body, not even able to breathe on his own. He's thinking of his loved ones when he asks her to get him some drugs that'll help him end his life. He tells her that she's his only hope and she's shocked and says that she can't do it. He apologises for asking, knows that he's been selfish and realises it's a big ask, what for her being a junkie and everything. (laughs) Abby says it's not that, but she knows what it's like to lose a son and she can't do this to Bernie.
1: Right. Yeah. And also it's just really shocking because I don't think these two characters have exchanged two words before you know paul asks her to get him drugs so he can kill himself
0: yeah it feels if, really if ballsy have, if they have talked before it's i'm gonna say briefly
1: right yeah kind of like are you all right how are you feeling i'm so sorry that you have mnd let sort me of help thing. you try
0: and get on this bike right and then that's it
1: yeah it seems it seems like <laughs> such a huge ask for somebody you don't know Your neighborhood junkie. How is that supposed to make Abby feel? Like, oh, you're the only person I know of who could get me drugs.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying not to be too critical of the story because I think (laughs) that they do a a really good job of it in most regards. Right. Abby's not the only means to drugs on Coronation Street.
1: Well, no, Cassie is here now too.
0: (laughs) Cassie's there. And Billy's brother is still a thing. I don't think he's dead. And he famously... Uh, shot up heroin with Billy in the church that time. Right. So, yeah,
1: they're strange though now because he wasn't even at the wedding.
0: I reckon that they could find him if they really wanted to. Right. And I reckon that Paul still probably knows some sketching of people that would that would do him a favour. Yeah. But, but he goes to Abby because he sees Abby in the pub.
1: Right. And Abby is sympathetic that he can't get payments.
0: And the good thing about Lee, Billy's brother, is nobody gives a fuck about his soul. So if the drugs are for Paul to take his own life who cares what that does to lee's soul
1: so Billy's brother is named lee
0: yeah not billy lee
1: billy and lee
0: william billy. and lee William and charles probably
1: is is lee short for charles i think it can be i don't i i don't i i know people who are named lee and that's it
0: and that does exist
1: yeah typically it's charlie isn't it or chuck
0: hey charlie
1: chuck Hey, Chuck. Not in the UK. Nobody's called Chuck in the UK?
0: That's, that's outlawed.
1: Do they over? Do they overdub old Peanuts cartoons when Peppermint Patty calls Charlie Brown Chuck?
0: I thought you were going to say, do they overdose on drugs in the UK? <laughs> yes, that can happen. <laughs> Back in the garage, Kev tells... You didn't answer my question. I, I didn't. Kev tells Abby about the apology biscuits and praises Abby for her ability to forgive. And this seems to spark something in Abby who makes her excuses and leaves, but not before she makes Cassie suspicious. And so Cassie follows on discreetly at the back. So Abby goes to meet Dino and buys a big batch of benzos from him with the transaction being photographed from a bush. And it's obviously Cassie, but for some reason she's wearing gloves and she hasn't turned the flash off on the camera.
1: Right, yeah, she's she's able to push the buttons wearing regular gloves.
0: Maybe it's... uh, a special pair of gloves like, like you got. Uh, Stelly. Stelly this Christmas.
1: And Kaylin and Crystal
0: Gloves all round. Gloves all round. And then for everyone else mountain bikes. <laughs> Cassie rushes back to the garage and shows Kev the photographs that she took from the bush of two bloody figures shaking hands and Kev is furious.
1: Yeah and Cassie's a little too gleeful about this. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile Todd uh, has been in the flat along with Paul for all of the conversations with Abby and stuff and he gets Paul's dilemma but is glad that Abby knocked him back but then there's a buzz on the intercom and it's Abby and she's brought a ton of fucking benzos after all she hands them to Paul tells him that she wasn't here right and Paul says this is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for him ouch yeah once she's gone Paul reminds Todd that if he has to do this himself it'll need to be soon so Abby goes back to the garage and Kev is still furious and tells her to move out he can't have her around Jack and Alfie if she's using the smack again and Abby tells him this isn't what he thinks
1: he does not give her a second to explain like it just immediately goes to I'm kicking you out and I'm I'm taking your son
0: yes I'm taking your son whether you like it or not right and there's nothing you can do to stop this how dare you because you're back on the smack again right Well, it wasn't smack, it was benzos. Right. And she's not on it anyway, Kev. No. Meanwhile, Billy gets home from packing in his job and he's barely taken his collar off when Kev arrives. Kev doesn't think about whose house he's in or any of the mitigating circumstances that might be happening or might be under, uh, might be having an influence on the situation. Uh He just shouts at Paul for a bit and tells him that if he wants to buy drugs in the future to keep Abby out of it, drugs, says Billy. What's he talking about? Drugs kev leaves and billy throws todd out for knowing about this and not saying anything
1: right we don't get to see abby actually explaining to kev what actually happened
0: in my mind she's pinching the bridge of her nose quite a bit yeah Mm -hmm. i'm Uh, so
1: glad he gave her a chance to explain at some point though yeah it's nice that he shut up finally (laughs) so she could explain well
0: he has to take a breath right Paul tells Billy that he needs choices, but Billy isn't really in the mood for listening. He tells Paul he's not thinking straight and he can't be complicit in this. He threatens Paul with the police and reminds him his life was a gift from God. Well, it's broken, says Paul, and reminds Billy that he ignored his beliefs when he got married in the church. Billy says it's different. Some sins are worse than others. And he demands that Paul hands over the drugs. Not
1: true, Billy, and you know it.
0: (laughs) When he doesn't, Billy searches a flat in places that Paul can't reach. And Paul insists that Billy won't find them and can't stop him searching them because he's utterly powerless in this. He dares Billy to take away the last thing he can do for himself. Back in Nina's roles, Kev is in an apologetic mood, calmly realising it's hard to deny a dying man. And this brings Roy up to speed, and Roy is something of an experienced hand in all this, but no one remembers about Haley or asks him about it, at least not yet. Abby is more interested in how Kev knew about the drugs, so he explains about Cassie taking photographs from a bush. And this shocks Roy in particular.
1: Yes, it does.
0: Billy doesn't understand, Back of the Godflat, Billy doesn't understand why Paul wants to cut short their time together, but Paul explains that he won't be there for most of it and won't be able to hold his hand or tell him that he loves him. He thinks keeping him here against his will is selfish, especially if he's going to be going to a better place, after all. Paul doesn't want to be meet in a chair and begs for Billy to let him go. God, that that just, that right there is
1: just, oh, isn't it? Meat in a chair. Mm. Like towards the end, that's all I will be is meat in a chair because I won't be able to communicate. I won't be able to take care of myself. I won't be able to eat.
0: Or breathe. Right. And I think this kind of highlights what is effectively Billy's selfishness but it's not a it's not necessarily a bad selfishness it's Mm -hmm. not a selfishness of eating all the biscuits in the tin kind of thing right but it's a selfishness that Billy recognizes that he'll see Paul right and he'll see Paul alive and he'll be able to hold Paul's hand right and he'll be able to love Paul while he's here but that's no use to Paul no who can't respond back in any way.
1: Right. And may not even be (laughs) aware of the handholding.
0: So he says he needs to be able to say enough is enough. Billy calms down by looking out the window and changes his mind. He won't let the practicalities force Paul into doing something sooner. So Billy agrees to help Paul end his life. Paul doesn't trust Billy to go through with it. So tearfully, Billy swears on oath on the Bible that when Paul chooses to go, he'll help him this was always going to go into this direction yeah it
1: is yeah it was
0: because todd's rehabilitation is so complete yeah helping paul to die kind of drags him back a little bit and especially in 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 billy's mind
1: right but i I kind of feel like for the audience todd helping would be this this ultimate ultimate sacrifice and would be the finalization of the rehabilitation of Todd. Mm. You know. But I-
0: if there's going to be a final sacrifice, it really should come from Billy, who is Paul's husband, let's not forget. I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> but, I don't know, it seemed to be, again, not wanting to criticize the story too much, because I do think they're doing a, an awful lot of things right here, and I yes. think that the acting is superb in it. But two things happened so far really really quickly almost like we need to speed this up a little bit we need to get things moving here because yeah. abby changes her mind about the drugs very quickly and right. then billy changes his mind about this whole assisted suicide thing very quickly
1: right and <coughs> as and,
0: one conversation and
1: right and abby changing her mind <clears throat> you know it's it's when kev says she's so good to people you know and and so kind and that changes her mind. And yet it doesn't negate the fact that in her mind, this is an unkindness to Bernie. You know, so it was kind of odd the way at how quickly she changed her mind mm-hmm. and, and was able to get the drugs so quickly as well. Yeah. You're right about Billy changing his mind seemingly so quickly, especially since, you know, his concerns... And what he says are legitimate for, for his faith.
0: He's the most godly he's been in months, right? Perhaps in this scene.
1: And you know, and there, and there are people who are who are Christian who who believe that taking your own life is the ultimate sin for which you cannot be forgiven hmm. because you're dead. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that is something that Billy subscribes to, but it just, it, it, it felt like,
0: well, here's the problem. I don't think I know what Billy subscribes to.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause.
0: Because he never talks about it.
1: No. Except when he's like up against a wall, like when Summer is getting an abortion or Paul wants to, wants to die by assisted suicide.
0: Yeah. And he's, and he's very black and white about it.
1: Right yeah, but you're right. We don't get to really see him living a Christian life at all. We don't really see him pray. We don't see him read the Bible. We don't see him saying grace at meals, you know, even just the basic Christian stuff.. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're you're right. We really don't know very much about Billy, who is theoretically the most Christian character on the show. <laughs> yes you know it's his job literally to be you know god's wayfair man
0: because he's against he's against this he's against paul doing it not so much from a theological point of view although i think that does exist right he's doing it from a personal point of view right from the way that and now I might be going out on a limb here, that you would maybe not want me to take my own life.
1: No, you're correct. I I wouldn't.
0: (laughs) So, but that seems to be the, that's the moral (laughs) uh, perspective that that Billy is is looking at this on, is from a personal point of view. And then there's the, the higher theological point of view that he casts up when the first bit doesn't seem to work, and the, but then well, the second it bit doesn't like, seem to work either. It, it,
1: it seems like you know, the, going in is his his first argument is that life is a gift from God, and and you are taking away God's gift, which you know is a legitimate thing for a Christian for a Christian to to say to to someone who who wants to die by assisted suicide. It's it's also like. You are, taking, you are taking destiny out of God's hands and putting it in your own hands.
0: But this is a great thing. question that, that deserves examination, right? And, right, and, and it it's doesn't... a question that that could fall upon any one of us if we have a loved one that's in this situation where you have the chance to allow them to go out on their own terms and sooner rather than later to save them pain and suffering. Right. and And... And a, what is a very bleak future for them. Right. So you, you have the chance to do that. But the, the, the price for that is that you lose them. Right. And you're kind of responsible for it. Right. Or very much responsible for it. Yeah. That becomes a far bigger conundrum when you're a man off the cloth, one yes. would imagine.
1: One would imagine. And, you know, there's... <clears throat>
0: But it got a it got a commercial break as the time it took to go from one position to the next.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that felt that 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 felt that felt false. That felt like, and I mean,
0: and and I know that there's oh,
1: a, there's enough there's enough already that makes it seem like the show doesn't really know what to do with Billy's faith or Billy's vocation hmm. overall, and maybe doesn't have an understanding necessarily of it of it and it is it is frustrating and and it really kind of makes you wonder i mean what's the point of having a vicar on the show to begin
0: with well how difficult how different do you think this conversation would have went if billy had been just a volunteer at a soup kitchen that's what he does for his for his days or what if he was a journalist the conversation, I don't think, would be all that different.
1: Right. And the God stuff probably wouldn't be in there.
0: Maybe it wouldn't be played so much, but I don't think it was played an awful lot anyway. Right. Billy's hand has been forced because Paul is saying that he's going to do this sooner rather than later because he, he needs to, if, he if he's to, going to do it himself, right. then he has to be able to do it himself. Billy doesn't want the practicalities, he says that, doesn't want mm-hmm. the practicalities of, of Paul doing it to take him, take him sooner right so that's what makes up his mind i don't know that that had to happen that night i no. don't know that it had to happen one commercial break later right
1: and it is and it is a, a conundrum and everything i personally think if i were in that position and that was a choice that i made i think i would much rather have it happen when i am still verbal because you know then you have the fear of you become nonverbal. verbal Mhm. And then while you are nonverbal, you change your mind and there's no way to tell anyone because you are trapped in your body. Right. And that would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, there's so many aspects to this. You know. Yeah, it's a real moral dilemma. It really is. And I don't know necessarily if if a soap opera has the capacity. To really, I think they're doing a good a good job, but I mean, even just the stuff that that we're bringing up right now—the conundrums and the questions and the feelings that we're bringing up right now—which have not yet been addressed by the show—it just it feels like it's a very large thing that can't necessarily be squeezed into thirty-minute segments.
0: When I remember the Roy and Haley stuff, I remember it being a very a far more drawn-out storyline and, and a, a slower burn before. Cause I didn't even think that Roy, right up to the end, was against it as he watched Haley do it. Yeah, and then comforted her as she as she, died. As she passed. But I, I felt that like they gave it more care and attention back then than they're doing now a little yeah. bit. But we'll we'll see how but it then goes. Again,
1: you know, those are two very different characters. And two very different diseases.
0: Yeah. So (sighs) anyway. Heavy stuff. Roy goes to see Cassie about her spying mission on Abby and warns her away from meddling. He says Abby was working with the best of intentions and worries that Cassie can't say the same. Cassie insists that she hasn't been malicious. So Wednesday at the God Flat, Billy's in these civvies. Paul checks to make sure that their deal is still on and Billy confirms that it is. When Paul chooses, Billy will help him overdose on the benzos. But in the meantime, Billy will nip Paul's tits about how much he disapproves. <laughs> Todd goes to the pub and Billy buys him an apologetic pint. Todd accepts the apology but is shocked when Paul and Billy secretly share their revised plan. And then Paul invites uh, Todd round for tea. And back at the God Flat, Billy is setting the table for five. In comes someone who just so happened to bump into Moses.
1: Oh, isn't the- that a coincidence? Yes.
0: So Moses, this is his last stop of the day. Paul invites him to stay for tea. In fact, Billy insists. Todd sees what's going on here, but is happy to let it play out. And over dinner, Moses and Todd get on well. Moses is confirmed gay and accepts Todd's offer to show him the sights of Manchester. Aye. <clears throat> Aye. After the matchmaking is done, Billy and Todd are tidying up. Todd asks him about the plan to assist Paul's suicide, but Billy can't talk about it, which worries Todd and mm-hmm. worries me that he's not going to be able to go through with it either. Right. And that's as far as we get with that this week. So over and above the, the assisted suicide stuff. I don't know why they all assumed that Moses was gay, but he is. And it's kind of nice that it is Todd nice. is going to have someone to do for a change.
1: That's what she said.
0: That doesn't, that doesn't muck up anybody else's life too much. Correct. One would hope. And Todd, it was quite nice to see him kind of smiling at the prospect of this right Todd's is such a reformed renewed character he's really been a, an exceptionally good friend to to paul and to billy throughout all this just kind of makes me wish that we'd seen those scenes where they all make up
1: right yeah it's it's kind of funny we that that he has come such a long way and we've all kind of accepted it at this point mm-hmm.
0: Still i niggling think, at the back of I my mind though
1: I think one of the reasons why we've accepted it is because he's so fantastic in scenes that he doesn't have with Billy and Paul. Yeah. Like when he has them with, with George and his mum and other people.
0: Yeah. People in the pub. Right. Just other people.
1: Handing this card out to people who have dying relatives and stuff.
0: It it reminds you that the show knows to how it can move a character from storyline to storyline and have... Interactions and friendships with other people.
1: Right, yeah, and not Sorry, make Bi- it awkward.
0: Sorry, Billy. So, shall we move on then Yells, please. to our next storyline, which is Evelyn's puppies?
1: oh Evelyn's dogs. Woof.
0: <laughs> on Tuesday, Evelyn is in dina Rolls doing some puppy research online. Roy deduces that she's trying to get some evidence on Terry the Ruffian and fears that she's on a fool's errand. At the precinct, Evelyn sees Terry the ruffian come out of the pound shop with a pallet of puppy food. She puts her hood up and her sunglasses on and follows at a distance. And Evelyn follows Terry to his house, but he twigs that she's following him and threatens her menacingly, telling her she'll be sorry if he sees her again. And he kind of threatens Tyrone a bit because he knows that that he's not going to beat up an old lady, but... He can beat up up Tyrone. He's done it once, he'll do it again. Back at Nina's Rolls, Evelyn thinks this is proof of the puppy farm Roy disagrees and reckons it's pure speculation Evelyn thinks someone needs to act if anyone cares about puppies Roy would rather Evelyn was safe as he cares about her more <coughs> and this Aww. this seems to take Evelyn's breath away a little Aww. bit he quickly he quickly down downplays it right but he cares about her
1: yes
0: so that's progress right ha 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 indeed
1: Let's get out the woody.
0: Exactly like that. <laughs> so back home, Evelyn tells Cassie about her running with Terry the ruffian. And this about does it for Cassie. First the shitbag beats up her son and now threatens her mum. Terry's got it coming for him. So on Wednesday, Kev is in a better mood today because he was an asshole yesterday. Cassie has made teas for him and Abby, but she wants fuck all to do with it. Evelyn comes along... What? Right, because didn't,
1: she didn't make one for Abby because she didn't know Abby was there. Because she had gone to make tea before Abby got there. Oh, I see. Yeah, so Abby. And she's like, oh, if I knew you were here, I we would have made you one too. Here you can have mine. And Abby's like, fuck you, bitch.
0: <laughs> yes. So Evelyn comes along, what in the word with Cassie in private about the puppy farm, and she thinks she's tracked Terry down through an online advert. So she and Cassie leave to coerce Roy into calling the number and that Cassie leaving in the middle of the working day again Yeah Kev is once more for furious
1: Yes he is
0: So at the cafe Roy plays along and speaks to a woman who sounds very much like Maureen Lipman putting on a Scottish accent He speaks to her she's called Joan about the puppies The price is 1500 cash What? For a puppy? That sounds cheap You paid 100 bucks for ours.
1: Yeah yeah, but ours isn't a pure breed.
0: No, he's not. He's an asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, our, our friends in Scotland with the cats, the cats are more than $1,500. I have
0: no idea how much they cost.
1: Yeah, it's more than
0: $1,500. For a cat?
1: For a cat.
0: What is this world company? It's a special it's, cat. It's wokeness. That's what that is.
1: Oh. G- All right, Ricky.
0: that's the rule isn't it if you don't understand it it's woke that's what I've been led to believe in (laughs) so the price is 1500 cash and Roy takes down the address it's 12 Precinct Street Weatherfield this isn't Terry's address but Cassie reckons that the old woman is just a front yeah meanwhile Abby and Kev are still pissed off because Cassie hasn't come back from the supposed break because she's dressed up like a delivery woman with puppy food That she tries to deliver to Joan in the precinct. This is the most shaggy thing that Cassie's done. Seriously. She's dressed up as a delivery woman with a high-vis tabard on. She's got supplies of puppy food from somewhere.
1: Right. It's hilarious.
0: All she needs is a large Great Dane dressed up as a woman. And this would be perfect. (laughs) Scooby dressed as a woman's funny. Always funny. Always funny. So, Joan doesn't want any fucking dog food and says that the dog food goes to the fucking dog hoose. Cassie doesn't really understand what she's saying, but no. uh, she understands Terry's address as it shouted her. Six hot in the way. I don't think this is Terry's address either. I think this is a third party house. So anyway, Cassie goes back to the, the roles to report the operation. Roy wants to go to the police or a dog charity. You do that, says Cassie. and She leaves, claiming to go back to work even the suspicious, so decides to follow her daughter rather than, you know, speak to her or whatever.
1: Well, no, she goes to go take pictures of Terry's house. She has no, she's not suspicious because she has she no idea. She has no idea where Cassie is when, when she's taking pictures of Terry's
0: house. So think she, she doesn't d- follow her. I think she looks at her suspiciously.
1: Yeah, but she doesn't follow her. Because but, she doesn't but, but know she's go the in the same place. Right. But one of them gets there much sooner and sneaks into the house, and one of them is outside and never sees the person in the house.
0: I thought this was all very, very badly done. The, well, yes, the the chess off which pieces where at which right. point was yeah all very the, confusing. The fact
1: to me. the fact that Cassie never gets caught is kind of ridiculous. Oh,
0: spoiler. Meanwhile, Cassie is breaking into the house on Houghton Street, which is indeed a puppy farm. I now know what a puppy farm is,
1: and it's depressing. It's
0: much bleaker than I was imagining. Right,
1: and this is this is a this is one inside a house as opposed to outside in a yard in the elements.
0: She finds the squeaky puppies upstairs in cages in the bedroom, filled with magic trees. Terry doesn't seem to be mentally capable to cope with these puppies because he comes up the stairs with an iron bar, shouting on them to shut up. And he's about to discover Cassie when he hears Evelyn make a commotion outside, recording everything on the camcorder. He goes out and there's a bit of a struggle, Evelyn pleads to a passerby who isn't interested and it ends with Terry the ruffian smashing the camcorder on the ground, threatening to do the same to Tyrone if he sees her again. Rather than make good her escape during all this, Cassie can't resist pocketing a bunch of cash from a shoebox while Terry comes back into the house. Yeah. She prepares some puppies for rescue but makes far too much noise, which Terry goes to investigate so when he comes up the stairs, Cassie twats him with the iron bar that you left from earlier. This is head wound after a week. Yay! Now that she's loaded with cash, Cassie changes her mind about rescuing the puppies and quickly fucks off while Terry is either dead or unconscious. Or both. <coughs> Evelyn is back in Nina's roles, explaining her excitement of the day to Roy and her now broken camcorder. He wishes that she'd left it to the authorities because he called a dog to charity, as Cassie suggested. Evelyn, remembering Terry's threat freaks Ka- out f- absolutely freaks out calls Tyrone to warn him thinking that Roy should have spoken to her first she was there when Cassie made the suggestion though
1: no I don't think she was yeah the
0: three of them were all in in, in, the, in the cafe
1: I thought Evelyn had left
0: no they were all in the cafe at the same hmm. time so Cassie gets back to work just as her closing and explains that she was rescuing puppies and she promises to make up her time she loves her job she says Abby tells her to prove it, and she and Kev storm off, still in the mood, which allows Cassie to count her money at night in the middle of the street. And later, while they wait on Tyrone, PC Tinker arrives to ask Evelyn to accompany him to the station for some questions about a serious twatting. The passerby, apparently, was a nosy prick after all.
1: Right, Uh, yeah, And, and knew Evelyn's name. So she was right that he knew her and knew that she wasn't terry's senile old granny as terry was pretending she was
0: this which doesn't add up
1: <laughs> which you know because he he gave the police evelyn's name so uh, he knew her name because
0: first of all i'm thinking well how did the passerby know who evelyn was that doesn't make any sense it's because it evelyn just, said you well, know yes, me I know. He, but did he just describe her as being a, an old woman that looked a bit like maureen Lipman? And so, therefore, the police, well, that must be Evelyn Plummer. No, he knows Evelyn because of the charity shop. Right. So, that explains how he knows who she is. But if he knows who she is...
1: Why didn't he help her? Maybe because he didn't want to get twatted by Terry as well. Just didn't want to get involved because he's an asshole. I don't
0: know. This is very, very confusing. So... the passerby apparently was a nosy prick after all cassie arrives just as evelyn is carted off roy explaining about the assault how very fucking hell kev is very much coming to the opinion that cassie might be more bothered than she's worth yeah think at the station evelyn confirms that she isn't under arrest and can leave at any time and demands that tinker gets on with it she explains why is
1: tinker questioning her
0: Oh, he's just we're, a, we're, he's just so a, far beyond he's that now. He's just
1: a beat cop again. He's not a detective. Why is he the one questioning her? Where is Swain? Swain
0: should be anywhere near this either.
1: <laughs> Where is We haven't seen her in ages. Where is our Swain?
0: Evelyn explains how Terry isn't just a ruffian. He's also a puppy farmer who smashed up her camcorder. Tinker isn't bothered about the puppy farming or the destruction of property because a white man has been assaulted. Evelyn takes a strop, gets up to leave. So Tinker, who has lost control of the situation, arrests her after all.
1: Right, yeah, on suspicion of beating a man unconscious as a 77-year-old woman.
0: Meanwhile the puppy
1: really really Tigger and he's ridiculous when he's questioning her because he's like so he made you angry that he doesn't care about the camcorder but he's like oh so that made you angry mm-hmm. you wanted to hurt him and even's like you're an idiot
0: <laughs> Meanwhile the puppy charity has recovered all the puppies and they're safe and well Hope thinks Evelyn is well capable of trying to kill Terry Terry the ruffian. Cassie reckons the prick got what he deserved and he can confirm that Evelyn had nothing to do with it when he wakes up, which seems a bit of wishful thinking. Ruby, the only sensible one, is worried that Evelyn will get the jail. But later, Evelyn is let out on bail. Terry has come round but can't remember who hit him. Evelyn reveals that the passerby was a regular customer at the charity shop so that conveniently answers that part of it. Tyrone wants to know who the passerby was so he can go and have a word to see if there were any other people hanging around Cassie obviously thinks this was a dreadful idea and Evelyn agrees reckoning that she can prove her innocence on her own. She seems to have forgotten that the whole reason why she was there in the first place was because she well see I think she thought that Cassie was going there. No. But apparently not. No. <clears throat> anyway on Friday Evelyn is in Nina's roles explaining to Bobby about her running with Terry the Ruffian because Evelyn knows Bobby now.
1: Bobby's hanging out in Nina's roles so Bobby gets to have gets to have a cuppa with a lot of different random people this week
0: he thinks that she's puppy woman and she's his hero in comes cassie who thinks that they should go out for a meal to celebrate the puppy rescue and evelyn is suspicious of her having money for it cassie says that she got a raise evelyn doesn't believe a word of it
1: right she got a special bonus and it's like did tyrone get this bonus too and cassie's like oh shit tyrone also works at the garage Uh, i should have thought this through and owns it right yeah
0: so PC Button. Tinker comes into Nina rolls and tells her the police have a statement from a neighbour who says that Evelyn never went into Terry's house. So she's off the hook.
1: So Terry's got a lot of nosy neighbours. Yeah,
0: But the investigation continues as Terry was seriously assaulted and his money was stolen. Terry is also being investigated for farming puppies. Cassie makes her excuses and leaves. So Terry was so stupid that he says that a big pile of money that he had had been stolen. Right. Even though the money came from selling puppies illegally.
1: Bobby is starting to grow on me in this and another storyline and another storyline. He's in three storylines this week. He's
0: much better this week. Yeah. I think that the fact of the matter is he's much better this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's being very cleverly kind of inserted into other storylines as like a, a listening ear mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that's, that's much better.
0: I don't think he was annoying really at any point in this week no and i don't think he was an asshole either
1: he was slightly annoying in the factory story but
0: oh yeah i guess maybe a little bit but, but, that's, but we'll get to that but that's it cassie gets home to an empty house she's hid the money in a box of fish fingers in the freezer very clever
1: right and yeah because immedi- nobody likes fish fingers
0: but immediately she's rumbled by hope who wants to know where the money came from and from whom cassie is flustered and quickly offers hope some cash to keep her gob shut and in his roles, Evelyn has Freddy, who seems to like Bobby. He says dogs like him, humans not so much. True that. Yes. Bobby used to volunteer in a dog shelter or something, Aww. which won some brownie points with Evelyn. Meanwhile, Hope has new ear pods thanks to money Granny Cassie got her and is bragging to Ruby about it. She reckons that she can get Ruby some ear pods too. Back home, Evelyn's making dinner and Ruby is refusing to set the table because it's fucking Hope's turn. Ruby says Cassie will be spoiling her with the money that she's got, which causes a bit of confusion between Tyrone and Evelyn, as Cassie hasn't had a rise because she doesn't do any work. Right. But they're very quickly distracted from this, and nothing really comes from it. And Devs, Evelyn has a present for Cassie. It's a box of lovely chocolates. Cassie is just glad everything worked out but Evelyn says Terry isn't going to get charged because there's no money and with no money there's no proof of selling puppies illegally Hmm. Cassie says it's a shame but Evelyn already knows Cassie took the money she thought Cassie would be a better liar by now and Cassie admits it saying that she knew Evelyn would get out without a charge Evelyn thinks it was only about the money for Cassie it was never about the puppies she says she went there to rescue them but was distracted by lots of lovely money and that was more important than her mother getting to jail Evelyn turns her back on Cassie and her excuses. Right, and that's as far as we get with that this week.
1: Yeah, good for her. Good for Evelyn for putting two and two together.
0: Well, it's kind of obvious, wasn't it?
1: Right, but still, it's Evelyn who puts two and two together, unlike everybody else in this story. Yeah, um, except for Hope. Hope smile in that scene that they end with, like Hope, Hope smiling at at rumbling granny cassie and getting some of this money this hush money
0: this, you know and they this, have this this, this hush puffy money
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you know the conversation because these like recognizes like am i right yeah and, and 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 cassie tries to put her off with well if you want that nose ring you'll uh you'll shut up about it
0: see yeah
1: <laughs> and she's like no, but I get the nose ring for being good and being good means turning you in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Hope doesn't care where that money came from. No. No. Hope just wants her slice of it.
1: Hope doesn't care that this this money keeps a bad man from going to prison. No. From farming puppies. Hope doesn't care that Evelyn almost went to prison because of what Cassie did. She just wants she just wants her her cut Mm -hmm. isn't it hilarious how the beginning of last year we read all of those articles that claimed that they were they were gonna they were gonna pull back from some of the the darker (laughs) hope storylines and make her a normal regular kid again right and give her normal regular kid storylines they don't know how hilarious they
0: just don't know how
1: hilarious you can't because Hope's character is already firmly established.
0: You and can't mean, do I it. I mean, I don't think the writer's fingers know how to how to do that. If Hope sees an angle,
1: she's going to take she's it. She's
0: going to work it. Yeah. She can't not. She can't not see an angle and just ignore it. Right. Yeah. But this had, I think, how many characters being exactly like how they should be, and I quite like. I quite liked that. I quite liked it. Even cares more about dogs than she cares about people
1: right except for tyrone
0: right but that is absolutely evelyn's character and the the Mm -hmm. tyrone thing as well absolutely cassie though is trying to do her bit to help her mum. right up to a point right and And then she helps herself lots of money right She's gone there, I think, and with the best of intentions—or maybe, maybe not the best of intentions—but she's gone there with a a clear uh, idea of of what she's there for, which is to send this bastard to jail or get him out of threatening Tyrone and Evelyn, and to help all these poor, helpless puppies. Right. But that changes when she sees the money and she sees an opportunity, and when she sees an angle, she's going to take it. Because why wouldn't she? Right. That the the progress is that she didn't spend it on drugs. We never really find out what she's spending it on.
1: Right. It doesn't seem like very much.
0: Mostly hope, silence. I think is what she's spending it on.
1: Right. Yeah. And also, she's she wants to take everybody out for a meal, so it's like she's doing a bad thing, but then she wants to use that bad thing to do a good thing. Yeah. Without recognizing the fact that in doing that she's kind of giving herself away
0: she was doing the right thing for the right reasons and then she ends up doing the right thing for the wrong reasons right and that's cassie yeah and i haven't really been all that taken by cassie so far no but in this storyline and i see people complaining about what the fuck are we watching puppies
1: yeah
0: i've quite enjoyed this puppy storyline it's a good storyline and i think it's got now i get cassie i think i I think i understand her better now i'd rather her do this yeah than try and steal kev Kev from abby right just doesn't make any fucking sense
1: which you know is what she was intending to happen when she snuck out and followed abby to take pictures of her buying drugs yeah she wasn't doing it for poor poor abby She's yeah. doing it for herself.
0: So you've got Evelyn behaving like Evelyn. Cassie behaving like Cassie. You've got Hope behaving like Hope. And you've got Tyrone behaving like Tyrone because he <laughs> hasn't got a fucking clue what's going on.
1: No, he doesn't. He's so bumbling.
0: It's all bumbling Tyrone.
1: It's, it's, it's kind of precious. And then, and then you have Ruby being Ruby. Ignored. Being, <laughs> being very concerned, but then... Once she sees Hope getting something, she wants it herself as well. You know? Easily turned, our Ruby. And isn't
0: Terry a good body?
1: He is a good body. And they they really... The attention to detail in this storyline, I think, is also really good. Like the air fresheners hanging from the ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm. Very slim. Right. John Doe has the upper hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and... um. I watched I watched a clip they had on Instagram about about the puppies and kind of behind the scenes and how none of these puppies were, were harmed in the filming of the scene.
0: No, none of them looked particularly young either.
1: Well, they...
0: They were older puppies.
1: Right. They were puppies... And, and,
0: and I'm glad they were.
1: They were puppies that you can sell. Mm. And it's a... Yeah, it's a good thing that they were weaned puppies because if they weren't weaned puppies then that would make what Evelyn and Roy did by taking their mom away and having their mom adopted somewhere else Mm -hmm. even worse although that dog was nowhere near looking like she was nursing a litter but yeah it was uh it's it's been a really I mean the storyline is not without its problems like cassie like standing right there on the stairs where if terry had turned around he absolutely would have seen her
0: yeah and like we said the the chess pieces are queer exactly at at certain points
1: and there there really should be no reason why he didn't catch her in like the corner of his eye in his peripheral vision when she was right there yeah it was kind of ridiculous and where was she hiding before she swatted him there was no place to hide it was just puppy cages
0: all this said and notwithstanding i'm still enjoying the storyline Yeah. and the little scene with terry and evelyn struggling outside when he's pretending that she's his mum and, and he congratulates her for knowing that it's 2024 right yeah that was evil it, it was very well done though yeah good lines right all right let's move on our next storyline is damon cubed <laughs> on Tuesday, Damon turns up at Ed with a big wedge of cash for his materials for the pub refurbishment. Damon fancies a coffee before accompanying Ed to the builder's merchants, but Ed says that he needs a shite or something, so he'll do it on his lonesome later. Indeed, he runs into Damon and Nina Rolls and asks him to be careful with Ed, explaining that Ed's a gambling addict and is vulnerable. Damon is suddenly super worried about the money that he handed over to Ed earlier and rushes right. off. And he rushes back to the builder's yard to find Ed sitting contemplatively, in his chair, Damon's money's in the cash tin. He hasn't spent it, but he was about to. Yeah. Damon thinks this calls for a celebratory pint. Yes. On Wednesday. Which is nice. Uh, yeah, the two of them are suddenly best pals. Yes. The builders' yard. Damon takes a call from Harvey and then tells him to fuck off before he kills him, which is overheard by Sarah, who is very disappointed. Damon meets Ed for a pint later. Ed has had a bite on the sale of the yard, so he's quite chuffed. And Damon leaves him to explain how much he's changed to Sarah, but she ain't interested.
1: I thought Gary was going to buy the yard. <laughs> Did that fall through?
0: No, I think that's who's looking at it next week.
1: Oh. Why does Gary need to look at a yard that he used to own?
0: Formalities. <laughs> On Friday, Ed comes into Nina's roles and asks to join Sarah, who I don't think he's ever spoken to before. He no. wants to speak about Damon, who he insists is a good, decent bloke. Sarah hopes the two of them are very happy together. Which was funny. And later Damon's on the phone to, uh, to his bar investor person when Sarah comes along and after Ed's singing his praises, she suggests that they have a drink later. He agrees. And so later he's with uh, Ed again and is high on life. But if you're talking about Cassie not or Terry not seeing something that's in his peripheral vision, Damon doesn't notice what's right ahead of him. Until he's right up close to it, which is his Range Rover <laughs> in a cube. <laughs> in a two foot by two foot cube. Did nobody... Or, two, or a two foot by two foot by two foot cube.
1: Now, did... did How long were they in the pub? <laughs> there are always people walking on that street. Yeah. Did, did nobody notice somebody tow a car away and then bring back a cube and leave it there? Right. Nobody noticed this. Nobody saw anything.
0: Nobody saw nothing. I like how the reg plate was S-
1: still intact.
0: Was uh positioned rather perfectly on top of it. Yeah. And was the reg plate for that car.
1: Right. It's hilarious.
0: So PC Tinker is investigating Damon's crushed car. Yes. Who would go to this trouble? Damon has an idea. He does. So he goes to see Sarah to say that he can't meet her later after all, and he explains that he's leaving Weatherfield for keeps this time. He's here to say goodbye by maybe getting his hole. No, Damon is worried that people close to him could be at risk from Harvey. She doesn't want him to leave, but he doesn't have a choice. He says, he says that she's the best thing that's ever happened to him because Ouch. he had sex with her twice.
1: Right? Yeah, and um, and he hates his son.
0: And it looks like it'll be third time lucky. And that's as far as we get with that this week. I've kind of always had problems with this relationship a little bit. Because Damon, for being this gangster, uh-huh. is all in on Sarah. Right. Really from the first time that they met. Right. And I don't know that I believe that in a gangster.
1: Gangsters need love too.
0: <laughs> no, will somebody please think of the poor gangsters?
1: Seriously you know and she's
0: the best thing that ever happened to him
1: that's kind of ridiculous
0: although maybe that is something that he says just to get her into bed
1: yes yes but you know i mean it is weird because he was really hard and scary
0: exactly like that hey debbie exactly like that
1: (laughs) don't antagonize poor debbie um that's not really what I meant, but, but that is what she said. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. Thanks a lot. Um,
0: you expected them to be hard.
1: No, and, and he was. And he was, like, with his, with his son and, and with other people. Like, he was scary. He was scary when we first met him.
0: He made Nick cry.
1: He did make Nick cry. And usually only Sam is able to do that.
0: Usually only everything is able to do that.
1: (laughs) So so there's a part of me that really doesn't believe this rehabilitation of Damon. I do like Damon and Sarah together because at least height-wise they match. They
0: have a good chemistry together.
1: They do. They do. They 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 fit better together, I think, than she and Adam ever did. Um, sadly, eh. and um, which is not saying anything negative about Scottish men.
0: I don't think you were okay until now.
1: <laughs> but it's it's just yeah. I really don't believe the rehabilitation, and I don't believe the fact. Fe- I don't believe him. He was able to organize this whole kidnapping of Adam with these big, tough thugs Yes. and everything and was going to moiter him.
0: Didn't it? Gunpoint docks. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah. So <clears throat> it feels to me a little false that it would only take one crushed car for him to turn tail when he just got back, you know?
0: He came back to kill Adam, then changed his mind. Right. Then wants to stay because of Sarah, then changed his mind. Right. Then, But he wanted to invest in that pub, though. And has invested in that pub.
1: Yeah, and what's going to happen with that pub now? And is Ed going to get paid? Because this was supposed to really help Ed out in paying back the family
0: and keeping his house. And I'm still pretty confused over who's supposed to be the real bad guy here. And wasn't
1: And remember Damon was able to get Harvey beat up in prison. So how is Harvey the scary one again?
0: But didn't didn't Sharon take everything over? I don't know. I thought so too, but it's
1: I don't know, it's all confusing. Her and her, her bag that used to walk around and then and then she and and, and then she like stunned Jenny. Remember that? Oh, I
0: hated that. I hated that. Get it. Have it.
1: Have it. If she was American, she would have said, get it.
0: She wasn't, and she didn't. No. Yeah, so I'm still confused over who the main bad guy is here, because Damon was able to get Harvey beat up. In prison. Very early. We were told, though, that Damon makes Harvey look like a pussycat. Right. Yes, we were. He doesn't.
1: No. He really doesn't. He initially did. But he doesn't anymore. And let's remember, we found out about that through Ryan, who had mates who used to work for Damon in Ibiza at, oh, yeah. at pubs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, none of this makes any sense as far as continuity from what we knew before.
0: No, make it make sense. Eh? Make it make sense. Please. What the kids are saying these days. Sure. All right. They Moving say on. Riz now. <clears throat> Our next story line is Bobby Banana.
1: Are you Riz, Madalin?
0: Uh 9.26. <laughs> what? On Friday, Carla finds Bobby in Nina's roles. He stole a banana and what? it was the last one. He promises to buy her a new one for her morning routine, coffee and a banana at 10.30. She would prefer that he asks in future. For some reason, I found it really funny that he said, buy her a new one. A new banana. A I'll new buy banana. you a new banana. Yeah. For some reason, that was funny.
1: As opposed to the old banana that is now digesting in his tummy. Yeah, I'll just buy you can't...
0: a banana. I'll buy you a banana. I won't buy you a new banana.
1: Well, I'll buy you a banana to replace the banana that I
0: yeah. ate. Right, say that. So then. a new one. It's not. A... Is that a new one? I don't know. Yeah. The, the word "new" just seems to
1: to replace the old one. Is that... that's in my tum tum?
0: Is it replacing
1: it though? Yes.
0: I don't know. I don't think I'd say new banana i think i'd just say banana but anyway anyway and examining this is not making it (laughs) less funny no at the factory sarah caught bobby organizing a knicker flicking competition with the other knicker people and reports him to carla and he tries to flick a pair of knickers and it doesn't really work no yeah carla reads bobby the riot act bobby thinks this is cat lady behavior from carla she's a type single no man you think she needs some cock in her life that would help her chill out
1: yeah and this is where i was like oh well maybe i don't like bobby now
0: carla wonders if bobby could be more annoying right then sarah comes in to tell carla that bobby's deal has come through and he's currently sitting top of the sales charts right and that's as far as we get with that this week
1: yes and i believe that because bobby does have a gift of the gab yes so i could believe that the the whole the whole oh well because you're mad at me it's it's basically say it's it's basically the equivalent of saying oh you must be on your period isn't it by saying to someone that they're a cat lady now and and they need a good shag isn't that basically the same thing oh you're mad at me so you must need sex or you're on your period or you own cats which yeah. we know Carla doesn't.
0: Yeah, that was kind of annoying.
1: It really was. And it's like c- come on. Is this is this really is this really how you would talk to your auntie who's taken you in after the goodness of her heart and could kick you out at any time?
0: Yeah. He thought that she left the banana out for him.
1: So he doesn't really know Carla very well.
0: <laughs> right. I I must admit I didn't know that Carla took a banana at ten thirty.
1: Well, that's what she said.
0: I don't know that that's what she said. As much of a diversion from, but not like that.
1: Well, it's it is different.
0: It's certainly different words. I think the sentiment remains the same, though.
1: Well, the the sentiment is supposed to remain the same.
0: Right. So i um, no, yeah. If, if we're thinking this is making a huge difference to people frustrated with, but not like that.
1: Well, maybe it is. <laughs> we'll we'll see what Debbie says. <clears throat> We're trying, Debbie.
0: We really are. I don't think we've got to the bits where I expected you to say it yet. Let's see what's in this storyline. The report 2. Another report. Dum-dum-dum. On Friday at the Godflat, Gemma is worried about a meeting she has with Caitlin, the social worker. She wants her family back and is worried that she's going to fuck it up. Gemma's meeting with Caitlin, though, is calm and measured. She explains how much she's missing the kids, and it seems the investigation is still ongoing, though. Chesney says he needs Gemma home. They can't cope without her.
1: What more do they need to investigate? Because she's like, well, you know, I still need to interview people at the
0: school. She made it sound like it was uh, investigating Watergate. This was this was a multi-department investigation that was going on here. It's like, you're speaking to two people. Right. Speak to Joseph, teacher and his doctor. Right. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who else do you need to speak to? <clears throat> Are you going to interview everyone on the street and, and no. say and say, what do you think of Gemma's parenting skills? As if everybody on the street has a right to to assess parenting in, skills. Exactly. You know, and I understand that there are times where investigations of this sort do take a long time because, because the abuse or the alleged abuse has been going on for a long time. Right. But this was one incident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One incident.
0: I mean, still don't know what was wrong with that kid.
1: No. Because supposedly there is, <sighs> there there will be something wrong, something actually wrong with that kid.
0: And then there'll be hell to pay. Right. One would hope.
1: And it, and it won't just be poisoning from body oil.
0: But the thing is, Gemma's been banned from being alone with her kids. Right. But she can be there supervised right so if chesney's there she can be there right so she can be there putting the kids to bed and she can be there getting them up in the morning
1: right as long as chesney is there as long
0: as chesney's there right but instead she seems to hang out with paul quite a bit
1: but not always because Gemma wasn't there when they had tea with moses
0: <laughs> no and she's not, and I, don't, she wasn't... I don't think they get six people around that table no because she... even summer didn't get a dinner that night <laughs> Poor someone. she's got diabetes. She does. After the meeting, Gemma's down in the dumps and thinks the social are dragging their feet. I quite agree. Jessie admits that he's struggling, but thinks that they'll make it through to a different type of darkness on the other side of this darkness. He reminds her that Granny Linda is arriving tomorrow. So now Granny Linda's arriving yeah, I after she's going for holidays? Christmas. I know.
1: Why is she coming after the holidays?
0: Gemma goes back to the god flat. She gets a message from Joseph telling her that he loves her. It, this just makes her more depressed and reckons yeah, it's Caitlin really is it's looking for a reason not to allow her home yes Gemma that's exactly what she's doing and that's as far as we get with that this week
1: <sighs> well I'm I'm glad they haven't forgotten about this storyline because there's there has been a part of me that's like wait a second are we just going to have this go on indefinitely and Chesney's just going to raise those kids all by himself
0: <laughs> right they'd it, go feral
1: right seriously and it's it's kind of ridiculous because with Bernie being in jail, this is why Gemma has to live in the God flat. Somehow, is because there's only Chesney, and Chesney does have to go to work.
0: Yeah, and who's M- making the kebabs?
1: Right, and how are they affording childcare? Because obviously they need childcare for the younger kids who aren't in school yet. What's going on there?
0: I think they've been careful not to bring any of that up. <laughs> no all right well we'll see where that goes i'm looking forward to seeing granny london next week i've always liked a little yes. visit from granny london me too our final storyline tonight is the most 18th 19th birthday ever <laughs> on tuesday at home Dave is excited about Addy and asha's approaching 19th birthday they're 18 he wants to have a shindig at their house but asha is looking for something more sophisticated than jelly and ice cream dev apparently was planning something cordon bleu
1: Right, yes, yes. And he, he assures her that it will be sophisticated and then says every French word he knows <laughs> that relates to food.
0: Nina gets he home. He says coq of <laughs> Dev was consistently 125% Dev yes, and, he a- was. and above this Yes, week. he was. Nina gets home and there's still some tension between them about the Isla stuff. Nina asks Asha if she wants to go away for the weekend for her birthday, but Asha's unenthused and says that Dev has planned something anyway. And I'm thinking it's a matter of time before these guys split up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and yet, and yet, nobody seems to remember the aspect of, of of suspecting Nina of having some sort of, mental break, because of all of this stuff. That that aspect of the storyline seems to have, gone up in smoke. Yeah,
0: at the shop, Asha tells Adi about Dave's birthday idea. Addy is about as excited about it as Asha was She reminds him that Dev's on a low ebb With Bernie being away So he agrees But suggests an after party back at his what, what? On Wednesday at Dev's Addy confirms to Asha that the after party Is confirmed oh, me. At Dev's Addy confirms to Asha that the after party Is at his place after all After they've humoured Dev and they've invited tons of pals, including the guy from the deli counter at Freshco. So that's nice, Helen, isn't it? It is. Then Asha gets a call from Apparently her supervisor at Apparently he has a weird college. hat. I would imagine so. And then Asha gets a call from her supervisor at college. Amy and Asha are in the shop later, serving Glenda, who mentions that she used to work on a cruise ship. And she encourages them both to put a bit of zhuzh into their hair. Once Glenda goes, Asha reveals to Amy that Isla has been suspended for her inappropriate relationship with Asha. Who could have done that? And the penny takes a fucking age to drop for Asha. She has an idea. So she goes to shout at Nina, immediately accusing her of reporting Isla through jealousy. After all, she's got form. Nina denies it. Asha doesn't believe her. So Nina storms out.
1: Did it feel like that whole scene with Glenda went on maybe a wee bit too long?
0: Far too long. Talking about the nails.
1: Right, yeah.
0: I mean, I did think it was funny how Asha and Amy were just staring at her. With their flat hair. Right. That was quite amusing, but yeah. It it
1: was amusing. (coughs) It was a little amusing at first, but then it went on too long and became awkward. And it seemed like the writers thought that this was hilarious. A hilarious, like, showing the differences between generations or something. And isn't it funny that, that Glenda is digging a hole for herself? About talking about their nails,
0: It was clearly if, filling time.
1: As if, as if we've never seen Asha or Amy with their hair done and makeup on mm. and nails painted. It.
0: Yeah. The. the this the,
1: was a bad choice.
0: The episode was coming in two minutes short, so they had to give Glenda something to say that. Right. Boosted up the runtime.
1: But it, it was what was funny about it is that the whole nail thing bleeds into other storylines where especially when it came to abby's nails which we have commented on upon on social media <laughs> yeah. many times
0: i with bobby for some reason in nina's roles when I, when amy comes in <clears throat> bobby introduces himself i'm bobby it's just I'm a funny amy. name amy doesn't care but it's polite bobby uh, has been invited to the party and tells adia that he fancies a bit of amy but Andy warns him off saying that she's off the market and this is plus one. Amy overhears this and is fucking furious at him. Right. While Bobby takes his time leaving them to it. I <laughs> thought this was great.
1: Yeah, this was great. Just, I liked
0: I'm not gone yet. Give me a minute. Yeah. Okay, I'm gone now.
1: Right. Yeah. And this was a good use of Bobby. Putting him with people close to his own age. Yes. And And I felt that it was rather nice that he was invited to the party, although I don't know how he's going to get up those stairs. I don't know how he gets up the stairs at Carla's. Is there an elevator?
0: He can walk.
1: Right, but he has a hard time without his walker.
0: Yeah, so he just has a hard time getting up the stairs, I guess.
1: And how does he get his walker up the stairs?
0: You'd have to ask Bobby. (laughs) Good Bobby. Poor Bobby. Bobby! And yes, Bobby, phone! Bobby! He's uh, just sitting in the in Nina's rolls all day. Right, just chatting, chatting with to people. everyone who comes in. Yeah. And of course Addy's going to talk to him.
1: Right, because Addy's a nice kid, mostly.
0: Amy tells Addy he can shove his plus one up his arse. Right, right. up his <laughs> arse. Up his arse. Addy finds a sad Nina in the community garden and asks if she's having lady problems too. <sighs> they get chatting about their issues with Amy and Asha, how they're both down in the dumps, but when they boost each other up, and Addy reveals how smashing he thinks Nina is, they end up smooching. Yeah. Nina quickly realises that they made a terrible error, and she runs off. adi has that effect on women.
1: Apparently, he does.
0: <coughs> While this is happening, Amy is round to Asha's to complain about Addy being an idiot. It runs in the family, says Asha. As those two set their worlds right, Nina comes home. Archer reveals that she knows it wasn't Nina who grasped Isla, and it seems it was another paramedic. She apologizes and gives Nina a kiss, but Nina's kiss feels different all of a sudden.
1: That's because she can smell her twin on him, yeah. on her, or something.
0: So Addy was kissing the lips that of ki- anyway. Yeah, <clears throat>
1: don't don't think about it too hard.
0: The two of them keep on trying to ignore things and hope that they're going to go away. And and they aren't. No. Uh, no.
1: And I think this is just... We know what... The inevitable is going to happen now. Right. So.
0: You've got to let things break sometimes. Yes. This being a, a prime case of it. I don't know how much I bought Nina and Addy kissing, though.
1: It felt like an act of desperation on both of their parts. And it felt like... Like something that happens in the heat of the moment. But yeah, it did not. It felt weird. And they both immediately regret it. So it's like, why did it happen in the first place? Then?
0: Did it last for a second?
1: Maybe. Maybe a second. And that's it. There was no tongue. No. Barely a brush of lips. It was kind of like. It, it was
0: instigated by Nina, though. Nina leaned in. Right. Has she ever, I don't think she's ever even recognised that Addie exists half the time.
1: Well, I don't think she's ever recognised Addie exists as a sexual
0: being. Was she so down that all it took was somebody saying how beautiful and wonderful she is?
1: Yeah, that does not feel like our Nina.
0: Doesn't, does it?
1: But then again, none of this has felt like our Nina.
0: Nina would have gone back to Roy's complained to Roy about it mm-hmm. and written something in a journal about it.
1: Right. And moved on. I don't <clears throat> I don't really like the new Nina.
0: They still see glimpses of the old Nina.
1: Right. But they have they have messed with this character in ways that just does not feel true to who she was when we first met her. And she's
0: changed considerably since then.
1: Yeah. You know, and there's there's going to be growth and change but she shouldn't be changing into a completely different person who does not have the self-confidence that she had when we first met her
0: and who doesn't have the self-confidence and doesn't have the maturity and, and the the moral compass to know that kissing her current girlfriend's brother is probably a bad thing to do right and it just didn't sit right even no. though it was over and done with very quickly. Yeah, just didn't, just didn't twig. <clears throat> so on Friday, it's the twins' birthday, sort of. Dave has a call from Bernie, who is still locked up for sitting down next to a criminal that one time. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Addie's, he's nursing the hangover or something, or he's got a terrible headache.
1: Right? Yeah, he's <clears throat> taking pills, but and we don't really know what those pills are.
0: It's his birthday, and he's pulling his own pauper.
1: That's what she said. <laughs>
0: At Dev's, there's lots of poppers as Nina and Asha settle down for Dev's birthday breakfast.
1: Which is massive! <coughs> Coffee, tea and hot chocolate.
0: Oh, hot chocolate for breakfast? How decadent. Mary arrives to give Asha a book voucher. Then in comes Addy with two carrier bags full of enthusiasm and beer. Dev lavishes him with kisses while Nina looks awkward. Dev goes off and promises to come back in three hours for their birthday dinner. He's 135% Dev at this point.
1: So very Dev.
0: Addy gives Asha a spare key and explains that he's feeling a bit rough. But there's the key for the party later. When Asha goes off for a shite, Nina and Addy loudly agree to forget that that kiss ever happened. Dev's home and in an apron ahead of the dinner. Amy will not be in attendance thanks to Addy being a twat the other day. Asha opens Addy's present and it's a gorgeous bracelet. She got him socks. She's confused why you would get her something so nice and reckons he must feel guilty about something. Addy looks guilty. Nina looks guilty. They both insist they're not guilty. In fact, they both stand up and say we're not guilty. And Asha thinks that they have a surprise for her, which they do. So they tell her about the kiss. Happy birthday.
1: Happy not 18th birthday.
0: (laughs) Right. Dave is furious. First Courtney, and now this. Asha can't believe it. Nina calls it a moment of madness. Addy takes full responsibility, which was nice of him because it really wasn't <clears throat> was it his fault at all? It takes two
1: to tango. It does
0: take two to tango. But anyway, it doesn't calm Asha. She doesn't want to see either of them. Dev drags Adi out. Asha thinks Nina was jealous. Nina says that she was upset and Adi was in a bad way. Asha didn't think Nina was capable of anything like this, and she's dumped this relationship. Says Asha is a complete car crash, and she's right. She is. <clears throat> they haven't trusted each other in months. No. Dev and Addy come home. Nina is still there and not packing for some reason, which is a bit of a surprise. All Dev wanted was a celebration. He comforts Nina, which I thought was lovely. It was really lovely. And says Asha will calm down. Addy grabs his beer and goes home, promising to cancel the party. Uh, See, this is nice because Nina's left sitting in with Dev most nights. So Dev's kind of very close to Nina, or so it seems. Asha goes round to Addy's and has to use her key to get in. And when she gets there, she finds him asleep or drunk on the couch. She throws the bracelet back at him and tells him that she never wants to speak to him again. And she storms out. And, and she a-
1: also leaves, her, he leaves the key.
0: And he doesn't move an inch. Asha fills Amy in on the Nina and Addy situation at Nina's rolls later. Amy is shocked. Her mind is blown. She was on her way to see him to apologise for her reaction yesterday, which she didn't really need to do. But Asha doesn't think that he deserves a chance. He's dead to her. Back in the flat. Addie's carbon monoxide detector is beeping to an unconscious room.
1: Right, as, as Addie <coughs> slowly dies.
0: <laughs> right. Later, Amy goes round anyway and is concerned when there's no reply on in intercom, so she tailgates in behind Gav, who's very helpful.
1: Right, and lives there now.
0: That's the precinct flats.
1: Is it the precinct flats? Yes. Because they enter a door, they don't go up a balcony.
0: It's the same, it's the same block
1: is it mm. i was very confused i was like wait he was lives- did did he move and sabrina lives there by herself now or what's going on but it was nice to see gav yes i, I wish he had stuck her ar- i wish he stuck around and we saw him at the hospital as well but oh well
0: amy shoots through the letterbox and reckons that Addy's passed out drunk but gav says they saw him an hour ago and says he was fine so <clears throat> Amy wants him to break the door down, but Gav's got a better idea and he uses a credit card to jimmy the lock, see? Yeah. Amy goes in, sees Addy still passed out, seems to ignore the beep and calls an ambulance.
1: Why does it seem like Addy is the twin that gets injured the most these days?
0: I don't think he's been in the hospital since uh, Dev left him to die.
1: Remember when Dev left him to die Yes. so he could save Asha?
0: And I think this is our first visit to the hospital this year.
1: Well, the year's only just begun.
0: Yes. At the hospital, Adi is conscious now. This is good, says the doctor. The doctor says it was carbon monoxide poison from a dodgy boiler in the flat. It doesn't have a scent. It's a silent killer.
1: It is. It was nice that he gave that public service announcement <laughs> so, so well, isn't it?
0: Yes. And it certainly uh, invigorated the senses, didn't it? It's silent and it doesn't smell of anything.
1: Right. Which reminds <clears throat> me, we really need to get those installed, don't we?
0: They're installed. Where are they? Well, there's one up there.
1: That's that's the smoke detector.
0: Oh, well, we've got them somewhere. They now <laughs> batteries on them. I'm sure they'll make a noise when the batteries run out. It could have been fatal. Asha looks guilty for some reason while dev goes off to see addy with amy
1: she feels guilty because she was in there and she could have saved his life and didn't
0: yeah and she's a paramedic
1: and she should have known
0: and wasn't the alarm going off when she was in i don't think it was but why wasn't it
1: yeah because he was already
0: the alarm was broken the last time we saw that we, we saw the carbon monoxide alarm last year yeah, it first... was just one shot of it but it was a right. very deliberate shot to oh yeah us.
1: remember and you were like i wonder why they made that very deliberate shot yeah so,
0: and and so it would pay
1: off a month later but
0: nobody's going to remember that no she is a call from nina as dev comes out addy is groggy but is asking to see asha she's about to confess something to dev but then she just agrees to go and see her brother and nina rolls nina's distracted while roy mutters about bats She explains about the situation with Addy and how she messed everything up and Roy agrees that it was reckless if she wants a relationship with Asha and Nina insists that she does. No one knows why. In comes Mary to announce that Addy is hospitalised and she assumed that Nina knew. So Asha goes in to see Addy. He's just relieved that everyone wasn't in his flat at the party or they could have all died. He says the kiss with Nina didn't mean anything for either of them. Nina was just feeling insecure and he says that uh, she and Nina are great together. They are not...
1: She, she and Asha.
0: Nina arrives at the hospital. Things are still icy between her and Asha. Nina apologizes again and Asha believes it was a mistake. She says things haven't been right between them for months and whatever they had is done now. Yes. She confirms that they're over and Nina sits and cries. And that's how we end this week's episodes.
1: Yes. You always worry when they start to show a couple actually, you know, existing. Because you know the end is near when they remember that people are a couple and start showing them very often
0: i saw a comment on twitter today of why does Ian mcleod just not want long relationships and it does seem that he's trying to put a spanner in the works of anything that's lasted for longer than six months or, or most things that have have had some kind of longevity he's broken up Sarah, uh, Sarah and Adam. Yep. It looks like he's breaking up Stephen Tracy, although yep. whether or anything comes for that. Right. Who knows now? Nina and Asha. At
1: Peter and Carla. Right. Ed and Aggie might as well be broken up because Aggie has disappeared completely. Right. For some reason.
0: Uh, Daisy pa- and <sighs> Daniel.
1: Daisy and Paul is dying, which is a kind of breakup. Mm hmm. It, it, Gary and Maria are the only happy couple. And, and Sally and Tim. I guess Kirk and Beth, but... How long? How long? It does feel weird. Isn't he leaving? Isn't he going to do something else? Who? Ian McLeod.
0: Oh, no, they've given him... The another job, job off Coronation Street and Emmerdale. Which is frankly baffling, because I don't know many people who think that he's been doing a good job on right. Coronation Street.
1: Yeah. And also... Isn't that spreading yourself a little too thin when you're already not very good at keeping consistency in the show that you're so, heading?
0: So, so I guess the implication is that it brings in separate showrunners for Corey and Emmerdale.
1: And that, that will improve things, maybe. Or maybe make It'll them worse.
0: A, a fresh pair of eyes being watched by an old pair of eyes, though. So, I don't know. It seems a very strange decision, but... Yes. Hey-ho. Hey-ho. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that that I've had much hope for Nina and Asha for a while now. Right. It's been kind of heading to Splitsville for, for months, really. Yeah. Since they remembered that Asha wanted to be a paramedic, it's right. been kind of on the skids. And then they had this strange whole uh, approach to the relationship where they... Pretended that they didn't care about the relationship, and then right. they ended up just, I think, believing it and trying to make each other jealous and pretending that they were always busy and right and stuff. And I don't know; it was yeah. never, it was never going to end well for them or this part of the relationship. I mean, right? I, I don't know if they're destined to be back together again, but yeah. they deserve to to split up and yeah and and stop being miserable with each other.
1: They were. It was never as good as Nina and Seb were. No. Because Nina and Seb made sense. They, they fit together very nicely. And sadly, that didn't last very long. Right. Because Seb is dead. Nina and Asha, to me, never really made an awful lot of sense. First of all, because until it happened... You never really got a sense that either one of these characters are bisexual. You know. There was there's never an inkling until they put them together that right. that that they were bisexual. And it also kind of felt like with with the mass exodus of all of the lesbians on the show, they kind of had to they felt obligated to try to find a relationship for two women on the show, and just kind of threw it together.
0: I did feel kind of box sticky. I remember feeling quite positive about it to the st- at the start, of right? It and thinking, oh, right, I can buy into this. This yeah. seems this seems workable. This could be interesting."
1: Yeah, but then it never really it never really made sense, you know, because they never really felt like two characters who would who would have because. You know, they say opposites attract, but you do have to kind of have some things in common mm-hmm. to to work as a relationship, because there's got to be things that you enjoy doing together. You know, you don't have to enjoy doing everything together, but there's got to be something something that you can talk about.
0: And I think there was the implication that they had something like that. We just never saw what it was.
1: Right. And we saw moments where one would do things with the other you know, like Asha joined the bat club exactly, for a little that's while. Exactly, exactly
0: what I'm thinking. Asha went along and did bat things. Right. And watched Nina run into a river. Right. Which, and we, let's remember, was hilarious.
1: Yeah, and then that seemed to to be the end of Asha's bat exam- adventures.
0: And Nina's, really.
1: Right. Although, although you know, this week we do have Roy and, and Nina kind of talking about the bat club and and doing things to expand and bring more education to the to the public about bats.
0: I don't know how much of this comes from the reluctance through a pandemic and a, a sort of post-pandemic world where you don't really see lots of characters being in the same place at the same time just on the periphery. Right. There's a, there's a, a clip uh, that's on Twitter, uh, of two older characters from Corey and the from the eighties, I think, mm-hmm. that are in the foreground doing the scene, and in the background you've got Bet Lynch and Rita mm-hmm. chatting about something. Uh-huh. You have no idea what they're chatting about, but right. they're there in the background chatting about stuff. Right. So a reinforcement of the relationship and the friendship there. Right. If you saw Nina and Asha in the rovers, just in a booth, Mm -hmm. sitting, chatting, holding hands or whatever, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just having a conversation as couples do, Mm -hmm. then you kind of get it drilled into your head that this this pair is a couple. But then you never really saw them together in that environment. There was always a kind of story involved somewhere. Right. And maybe it was a story that just involved Nina, or it was a story that just involved Asha, but there right. seemed to be a story that involved both of them. So. Right.
1: And they were always kind of there for a lot of the Addy and um, McBoobs stuff.
0: Courtney boobs, yes.
1: Um, where they were there. But, but you're right. Like, even in, even in places like the New Year's Eve party, they could have been there. Mm-hmm. What did they do for New Year's? Do we even see them on New Year's? I don't think we do. I don't think we see really any of the young people no. on New Year's, which is, let's, let's be honest, a holiday for young people. <laughs> yes. You know, old people shouldn't be celebrating New Year because it's just another year before you die. Yes. You're just another year closer to death.
0: Happy New Year, everybody.
1: And who wants a hangover when they're... And, and who can stay up till midnight when you're middle-aged.
0: Yeah, who wants a hangover when you've constantly got a headache anyway? Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, it, but, but you're right. You typically, and I don't know if there's a financial aspect to this as well, because typically these days you do see people in the background, but they're they're, they're background people. They're not main characters. Yeah, you rarely exactly. see
0: regulars as extras. Regulars
1: as uh, regulars as extras.
0: Steve and Tracy is another great example. We're suddenly told that Steve and Tracy are having problems. problems? Since when?
1: Really? Because they they have matching <clears> robes <throat> and are cute together.
0: So have them in the rovers sniping at each other. Right. It doesn't have to be a story. You just no. see. Oh, wonder what they're arguing about. Mm-hmm. You miss so much from from uh, from seeing those little incidental moments from uh, a couple's life or a character's life. It doesn't need to be the Rovers. It could be the calf, or, or it could be the Bistro. It could be somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. They have enough people in this cast that they could do that and just do away with extras entirely. Yeah. But yeah. that's the, probably more expensive.
0: Exactly. Script Scene came out with their tier list. Uh-huh. For Corey characters. Uh-huh. And I don't know how many of there are, but... There's it, a lot. There's a lot. It looks like it, was, it took a lot of time to put that together. Uh-huh. Somebody did the same thing for Neighbours. There's like 20 characters in Neighbours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... It's chalk and cheese. And they're making four episodes of that a week, so I guess it's a little bit less. But still, you know, this is a, an exceptionally heavily burdened show with characters that, mm-hmm. that we keep on complaining that they, they just disappear when having them in the show more allows these sort of backgrounds and backstories to develop and mm-hmm. it's just been so missing for nina and asher so that when they're finally together in a storyline you kind of assume it's about them going to split up because yeah. what else is it going to be them getting married right probably not
1: no look how long it took <laughs> us to see two men get married on the show
0: yeah I, wonder, I wonder, We almost
1: we remember we almost had a lesbian wedding, and what happened? One of them got flattened in a factory. By a
0: factory, yeah, death by factory. I do wonder what this says for Asha's paramedic career that she that she couldn't recognise the difference between drunk and carbon monoxide poisoning.
1: Well, she was mad. I'm more I'm more concerned about the fact that whatever Isla was doing
0: is not the first time
1: and was so noticeable to other people that they work with, that they reported it. Although it's kind of weird that they were, that they took so long to report it. Yeah. But that, that whole thing is just confusing too. You know, it's like, Oh, we took care of this thing, but now we're going to bring it back up. So that Asha and Nina will be mad at each other just again just brought
0: up a name, I don't think we're going to see Isla again No I think that's that Dusty. Oh well, that was the week that was Coronation Street Helen, tell me, what was your moment of the week? Wow, well, it feels like
1: it went by really quick, doesn't it?
0: It was a quick week
1: is it, is it Roy telling Evelyn that he cares about her?
0: That's. I think it's Billy and Paul
1: Is it though?
0: I think so i thought that was really well done
1: except 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 that. it was rushed
0: <coughs> right but
1: all right fine we can give it to billy and paul
0: and there was that shot
1: of of, of billy, billy looking, looking out d- the window yeah That was
0: just so well lit it was so really well framed well
1: lit. yeah yeah I, I did really like that part of that scene i i i I agree with you that I feel like this whole storyline is being rushed. It's like, what has Peter Ash done that we're rushing him out the door?
0: Well, seriously.
1: <laughs> but, okay, fine.
0: That's our moment
1: of, of the week. week. Our moment of the week.
0: Your boring moment of the week. No Daniel this week.
1: No, and Chesney was fine.
0: Funny bringing Bethany back and then we don't see her for a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially since we we do see Sarah. And we see Sarah's, inside Sarah's flat and neither one of her children are in there. <laughs> right. I feel like it has something to do with Tinker.
0: <laughs> when in doubt, when there's no Daniel, look look for Tinker. You,
1: g- you, g- you gotta find another ginger to pin it on. Um,
0: <laughs> Daniel ginger?
1: It's kind ginger he's kind of blonde. He's like it? strawberry blonde. He's Viking he's oh, like, like blonde, me. The
0: language of the ginger. <clears throat> um Tinker just staring at the cube. He he stared at the cube like he didn't have a fucking clue what like, to do with what it.
1: What is this? It's like, why is this here?
0: Do I arrest it? <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, Tinker staring at a cube is our
0: moment. <laughs> <laughs> next year I'm going to remind you of that. And he going what?
1: Tinker staring at a cute...
0: What kind of score are you giving this week?
1: Uh, What is going on outside?
0: As as the the police descend on our podcast.
1: Always kind of makes me worry about Janet and Marilyn. Um, Five and a half?
0: I'm going five and a half as well.
1: Yeah, there were good bits in it. There were good bits in it, but there's also just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense
0: yeah nothing exceptional a lot of confusing bits and pieces and
1: yeah. and rushed bits and pieces
0: rushed bits and pieces indeed this episode was brought to you with thanks to our friends of the podcast daisy french helen pickles dt trisha wendy noel canadian helen christine shandy thank you all thank you so much if you've ever walked into a bedroom filled with magic trees and the first thing you thought about was puppies write in to tell us about it <laughs> We're the talk of the street at gmail.com and Barack Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and in Blue Sky. You can shout me and Helen a coffee or become a friend of the podcast by heading to ko ko-fi.com, That's ko fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky, clicky section of uk for links to our YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. And be sure to check out our pop culture sister podcast, The List of Lists.
1: We're about ready to start a new list.
0: Yes, we are. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and we will be back next week with more... I'll talk on the street! The talk on the street!
1: Bye! Cheerio!